0: series uh it's called over my dead body i'm excited for it. we're gonna hold a whole three weeks uh, of this series and i want to break it down i'm opening up the night pastor john's gonna kill it next week uh you want to bring a friend you want to come out next week uh don't just get a little bit of the beginning and then miss out on the rest come on god's gonna build you every single week of this series um we really want you to come back again um but week number one i really want to break down what this series is going to be all about it's going to be three weeks Uh, and it's going to mess you up. Come on, somebody. I'm ready. Oh my gosh. Hello. Um, I'm going to give you a quick description, give you my title, read the verse, preach a message, give you an opportunity to know Jesus for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, and then we're going to turn up at the end. Can I get an amen? That's it. That's it. That's all we're doing tonight, and you're going to get it. You're going to enjoy the moment, uh, and we're going to turn up together. Uh, sermon series description, very specific, Over My Dead Body is not a series about your spiritual death or the power of sin. It's actually a series about the power of Jesus, how he calls us to a new life, but sometimes we stay in our old dead ways. It's not about how I'm dying. It's actually about how I'm living. Our old dead self should remain dead. This is a series about life. Can I get an amen? Uh, and so in this first night of the series of life, uh, the title of my sermon is The End of Me. The end of me. Um, oh, man, life. I love it. Uh, let me read this verse for you guys. Luke chapter 7. Throw your Bibles at that page. If not, look at the giant iPad on the back. Luke seven thirty six. Afterward, a Jewish religious leader named Simon. Somebody say Simon. Simon. He has Jesus uh, to his home for dinner. So Jesus accepted the invitation. Come on, when you invite Jesus in, he accepts on the spot. He accepted the invitation. When he went to Simon's home, He took his place at the table, verse 37, in the neighborhood. Somebody say the hood. There was an immoral woman. What? Of the streets, known to everyone to be a prostitute. When she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house, she took an uh, exquisite flask and alabaster, and she filled it with the most expensive perfume. Went right into the home of the Jewish leader and knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the other guests. Verse 38, I love this. Broken and weeping. She covered the feet of Jesus with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with the expensive perfume as an act of worship. I'm, I'm already turning up in the inside. I hope you all with me. As an act of worship. When Simon saw the religious leader, he thought to himself, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know that. What kind of sinful woman is actually touching him? I love Jesus because Jesus knows what he's thinking. And he says, Simon, I-, I know what you're thinking. Jesus shares a story with Simon about these two men who had a debt to a king. And the king actually forgave the debt of both men. Won $5, won $5 million. Jesus asks him, who's more in love with the king after that? Simon says, well, the guy who was forgiven the bigger amount. So Jesus responds, verse 44, he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Don't you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as a guest, you didn't even think about offering Uh, me water to dust off my feet yet she came into your home and she washed my feet with the many tears and then dried my feet with her hair you didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting but from the moment I came in she has not stopped kissing my feet you didn't even take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil but she anointed my head and my feet with the finest perfume she has been forgiven of all her many sins this is why She has shown me such extravagant love. I love this part. But those who assume that they have very little to be forgiven of will love me very little. Then Jesus looked at the woman, and he said, all your sins are forgiven. Hey, bow your heads, close your eyes for me. Let's pray. I don't even got to preach that I already preached, but let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much, God. God, you are so faithful. God, I pray that after tonight, my heart may look like her. God, I pray that after tonight, God, I may be more honest with you. That after tonight, God, my integrity might rise. Lord, that after tonight, my character and who you called me to be, God, may look more like that of Jesus. All my life, I've been chasing after joy and after peace. But the Bible says when I chase after Jesus, joy and peace follow me. And so I will no longer lose myself for chasing after things that feel good. I'm gonna find the one who is the truth. And those things that feel good are gonna begin to follow me. Lord, I pray peace, I pray purpose. But most importantly, God, I pray your presence over this room. I pray for every first-time guest. I'm so glad they're here, God, and I'm so excited to turn up with them for the first time in a long time. Uh, We're not sacrificing animals tonight. As a matter of fact, God, we never sacrifice animals, Uh, but today we sacrifice a little bit of ourselves to receive everything you've got for us. In Jesus' name, come on, somebody says, Amen. amen, amen. All right, I'm going to test who's real Floridian up in here. Uh, Raise your hand if you've got Aquatica uh, annual passes. Come on, Aquatica, Florida, Florida, Florida. Come on, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. We don't need them. We just need each other. We're okay here. Come on, we're turning up. They need our discount, you know what I'm saying? Um, I love Aquatica. Um, I actually haven't been there in so, so long, so I'm kind of like lying to you in a little bit. But I love Aquatica. It's fun. Um, But I got some weird experiences in Aquatica, and uh, I want to share one tonight. Can I do that? All right, let's get uncomfortable. Off the beginning. Uh, so I go to Aquatica, water's wet, so I dive in the water. Guess who got wet? I did, everybody else did. We jumped in, had a great time. We went through our day at Aquatica. Um, but then there's always the awkward point where it starts closing down. So everybody always goes to the bathroom that's closest to the exit. And so it's, it's OK, right? Like. I, I don't know how women feel, but at least for a man, I come in there like with my hands like ready. Like anybody's trying some funny stuff. Like nope, you're not coming in my shower. Like no, nope, we're staying here. Like right, they don't even have like locks. It's just curtains. So everybody's just like shing. Oh sorry. Shing. Oh sorry. Shing. I'm like oh my gosh. Like <laughs> you're forgiven, I guess. After he walks away. Oh another. Yeah, you're forgiven too. Um, the weirdest part about Aquatica is that it's it's pretty well known, and so a lot of tourists from Europe go to Aquatica. Those experiences are fun too. Um, (laughs) So I remember this one time, I was like one of the last to go to the bathroom. um, And I go to the bathroom, and and all of a sudden, this man, uh, he's got these like speedo speedos, right? Like, there's guys with speedos, cool, I respect it. But there's guys with like speedo speedos. Like, (laughs) you're not supposed to see butt crack through like (laughs) underwear. You see it. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm only looking at him so I can avoid him, make sure like I don't get too close to him. Like, I don't want it to be uncomfortable. Uh, And out of nowhere, he thinks it's okay to remove his underwear. And, like, you can, like, get the vibe in the bathroom. Like, all the guys are kind of like, yo. <laughs> he's from the U.K. <laughs> we're all kind of, like, taking turns in the shower but not going to the side he's on. We're, like, that shower is completely open, but nobody's just, like, going to that one. It's just like, he's cool. He's doing his thing, whatever. I don't mind. And he's just, like, he's butt-booty naked, and we're just, like... <laughs> Like, nobody's talking, but everybody's talking. Like, they're all just like, hey, yo, that's, that's your friend? That's not my friend. I don't know where he's from, right? It's just this awkward moment, and we kind of ask ourselves, like, hey, uh, don't you know that's not okay here? And it's crazy to me, because I got a wild imagination, and so I think, like, yo, that was Adam and Eve. Like, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, wait, it's weird that he's naked in the bathroom, but at one point, being butt-booty naked was so normal, I was like, man, like, why is it so uncomfortable? I asked myself all these dumb questions. Why is it so uncomfortable for me to see somebody butt-booty naked in the middle of nowhere when—butt-booty naked. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> when at one point, being butt-booty naked was A-OK. It wouldn't bother you. You wouldn't even notice the difference. Like, it was A-OK. And, and I think about Adam and Eve, right, and, and obviously I'm thinking what Adam thinks. Like, yo, he's chilling. He's normal. And the moment they eat from the fruit, he's just like— <laughs> you are a good, good father. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> I can imagine Eve, eyes up to the Lord, boy, we just sinned. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, I'm so sorry, Eve. And he's like, all right, what it do, what it do. You know what I'm saying? Like, God comes in, and they're like, yo, God, look what you made. You know what I'm talking about? Eve is just like, yo, that's crazy. We married, so we straight, right? You better be married first. Come on, somebody. We married, so we straight, right? You know what I'm talking about? But it actually didn't go that way. The Bible says the moment that they sinned, if you can go ahead and throw up that first verse today um Genesis chapter 3 verse 7 uh it, it's actually not as fun as you would think it is it says that the eyes then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin clothes that, that's so crazy cuz when you think about it they were made naked Like, that's what God intended. That's what God created. And all of a sudden, when you disobey, now what God made is a little bit discombobulated. It's so weird to me because that's what God did at first. He said, I'm going to make you, and when I make you, you will have no clothes on. And it was normal until they disobeyed God. I want you to understand my first point today, and it's that the job of sin is to manipulate what God made. It will always take what God intended for good and turn it around, even though it looks the same. There was no difference in their nakedness before and after sin. The only difference was the sin that just entered their heart. Come on, so many of us, we are losing our identity as a church in America because we are involved in sin. And you're saying, God, I don't know why it's so bad to do that, and it's because sin manipulated what God made. Oh, there were so many good plans over your life, but because you let sin get involved in the plans, the plans just got manipulated. Come on, the devil never wants you to understand how God truly made you. I want you to understand, the devil actually wants you to think that you have to change. Can I give you a real reality about what Jesus wants? Not that you change, just that you become. See, sin will always say change who you are, but God actually says become who I've created you to be every day of your life. Christianity is not about changing. It's about becoming. And every day that I wake up, I want to become more like Jesus. You see, changing is what confused you in the first place. Becoming is what brings you back to how God created you. Come on, sin will manipulate what God made, but it's our job to become the original creations of Christ. I'm excited about that. See, because becoming is all about a journey. And every day that I wake up deciding to become what God made me, I actually step into the journey that God has for me. Here's a problem, though. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The problem is that a lot of us, instead of becoming God's creation, we just step up and we become the creator. And when you become creator, you become God. Isn't it crazy that a lot of us, we're trying to worship a God and we're also trying to fight for his throne? But we're trying so hard to figure out a perfect way where I can sin and still worship freely, where I can live the life that I want to live and the dreams that I have for myself, the intentions that I've created and what I think a perfect life is supposed to be. But yet I want to experience the beauty of a surrender to a heavenly father. I, I, I don't know how we can comprehend in our minds. I, I, maybe it's just how selfish we become as a generation where I think I can surrender my plans and still keep my plans. I want you to understand, is that sin manipulated what God made. I love, love, love. Somebody say Mark. Mark, Mark chapter 8. Throw it up. It says, if you truly want to follow me, Jesus speaks, you should at once completely disown your life. Somebody needs to write that down in their notes. At once completely disown your life, and you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. As you continually surrender to my ways, For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually, I love this, experience true life. But if you choose to keep life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what is to us to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of losing your own life? I want you to write down this next one. Come on. If you're going to become who God made you to be, you need to meet the end of you come on, it's the end of me. It's, it's a place in my life where I need to get to sooner than later. I, a lot of us, we might think that the end of me is a bad place to be in, but can I let you know the end of you is actually the beginning of everything God had for you. It's actually the best place you could ever be in. We learn it in the story that we're going to dive into a, uh, in, you know, back into into a moment, and I want you to understand that everything God already has for you, uh-oh, A lot of us think that once we finally meet Jesus, he starts building, 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 building. The reality is is God already has everything set up. God already has. He says, hey, I've got it here. You right there. I'm just trying to combine the two, my purpose, your life. I just want to do that. And a lot of us think, okay, now when I start, then I have to go and move on forward and move to the left and go to the right, cancel this debt, ruin that relationship. Once I meet Jesus, everything is a reset button for my purpose and my progress. No, no, no. God is going to take your brokenness, and he's going to turn it into something beautiful. Can I get an amen? Come on. The moment you get to Jesus, not everything starts over. It's just that everything that was never supposed to be a part of you is eliminated. But God looks at you. He says, "Oh, that's good. I could use that." Right, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you have no idea that sin that you've been dealing with. I could use that. Yeah. Oh my God, those those problems you've been dealing with. I, I can definitely use that. I, I want you to understand this, this very sad truth. See, a lot of us were were in this room. Can we be honest? Yeah, yeah we're still dealing with addictions to wrong things. Yeah. A lot of us we're still dealing with identity crisis. A lot of us, some of us in this room, we're married, and we still don't know how to get along with our wife. It's been like three years, bro, and it's still struggling. It's, you're, you're still fighting. You still don't understand each other, but you're still in this weird, awkward, gray area where you really love them, but you're wondering whether you should keep on loving them. Uh, a lot of us, were in a relationship, and your girlfriend has no idea you're cheating on her, and you're trying to figure this area out where you don't understand what's happening. Uh, I want you to understand this truth. And it's that the reason you can't get over your struggle is because you can't get over yourself. You're not really addicted to pornography. You're just addicted to satisfying your flesh. See, the problem isn't what you're doing. The problem is the reason why you're doing it. The the problem isn't that you sleep around with boys. The problem is that you're insecure and you haven't been honest with yourself. Come on. I think God is telling us we need a church that gets to the end of themselves so they can get to the beginning of what God has for them. Come on. My journey with God begins when my story by myself ends. It's the beginning of a new life because it's the ending of the story I've been trying to write by myself. Come on. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because I'm no longer the creator of my own destiny my life is in bigger hands my life has a bigger purpose it's not just about the small hands i have it's not about the stillness of my heart come on it's about how big god's heart is how big his dreams are i love my faith you know you want to know my favorite characteristic about god is that he is eternal come on, talk about it. you know why somebody asked me why. why don't make me feel by myself out here because that means everything that comes from him is also eternal Every resource, every blessing, every answered prayer, the nature of God is eternity. So whatever he blesses you with is also eternal. It may not stay here on earth, but I promise there's something for it in eternity. Come on, right now, the pain you're going through is nothing in comparison to the glory that awaits us in heaven. Come on, I I love that my God is eternal. I love it. Come on, if if we're going to experience the beauty of that God, we need to stop being the creator. We need to stop determining what's best for me. Come on. You ruined yourself in the first place. I messed me up on my own. How can I think I can make myself right? I made the bad decisions all by myself. How can I think I can start making right decisions out of nowhere? Oh, my goodness. I love this verse. Can I read it to you? Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Keep in mind, we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, he just like hit a little head snap. We who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, come on, somebody, have already, oh, yeah, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, miss it, hold up, hold up, I'm still working on it, my neck hurt, I got into a car accident, I'm stuck, hallelujah, I crashed with God, you know what I'm saying, stop, I'm going to read it again, I'm going to read it again, I'm going to read it, ready, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, ready, 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 have already experienced crucifixion. We who belong to Jesus have already experienced crucifixion. Ready? For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. Ready, ready, ready? So we may never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Come on, God is calling you to the end of yourself. God is calling you to get over your greed. Get over your pride. Get over your frustrations. Get over the things that you've been holding against people. Get over those things. Today is the day where everything can start fresh for you. Wow. But you've got to get to a scary point in your life that not many people actually go to. And it's the end of yourself. But what, is, what does that look like? What, what is getting to the end of me actually look like? Can I, can I show you what it looks like? It looks like a, like a prostitute. Entering a house that she wasn't welcomed in. Crawling on her knees to a savior she's never seen before. And crying at his feet until there were no more tears in her body. And when there was nothing left, she cried some more. And when Jesus was teaching and preaching and showing Simon what was wrong in the household, she was crying some more. I I, want to highlight this this part of the story. Can I cry tonight? Is that cool? I might cry. I might cry. Cry with me, please. Don't let me feel by myself. Come on. There's a, this, is, this is part of the story where she gets to the house. The Bible says that, that she goes, she, she cries, she, she uses her hair to dry his feet, and she opens a jar of alabaster. It's an, it's an expensive perfume. Now, I want, you, I want to give you the history of what that perfume actually meant in the times of Jesus. See, prostitutes, we all know what that is, as they were working, what they would do is they would fill their body with alabaster because it was the only beautiful smell that they could smell that would make them forget of what they were doing. And it was was culture that every prostitute had a little bit of alabaster, so every time she was doing her job, because that was normal for her, she would smell a little bit of alabaster and make herself feel okay for what she was doing. And I can imagine what went on in her mind the moment she smelled it again. And I I can imagine the pain in her heart. I'm literally at the feet of forgiveness, but I'm still feeling the disgust of my pain and of my sin. And and I can imagine her to take it out, right? Alabaster, I've never smelled it, but from what we know in the Bible, it's a beautiful smell. It's almost like that moment of worship where just the room is just lit up and, and, and that moment of worship where, where the room feels like never before and you're coming in and, and the music is louder than ever, but yet it still feels so mute because you're focused on God's presence. It's that moment, and, and my question to you is what happens when the smell of worship gets normal to you? See, it, it was a beautiful smell in the alabaster jar, but because she mixed that smell with a specific sin, the smell wasn't as beautiful anymore. The smell that was once the, bo- the most amazing smell in the world actually reminded her of her most disgusting moments in her life. See, a lot of us, we love to balance worship with, with, with our sinful lifestyle. And you come here, it smells great. It smells so good because God is good and God is faithful. Can I get an amen? amen. But you But you keep coming and you keep going and you, and you keep coming. Smell it a little bit. Go back to the life you're living Keep coming, smell it a little bit, go back to the life you live in. And, and and a week goes by, a month goes by, and, and when you come to smell it one more time, it doesn't smell as beautiful as it used to. The, the, it's, it's harder to focus on the preacher. See, last week you were taking notes, this week you you don't even have your phone out. You were so excited to bring your girlfriend for the first time, but all of a sudden she's the one keeping you at home. And, 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 you, and you're saying, I don't know, when I go, it doesn't feel good anymore. I I don't know, man, camp was so, can I get in, man, camp was crazy. Come on, somebody. But I I don't know, I don't think I'm going to go to next year's camp. I don't think it was actually that worth it. It didn't do anything to my life. I'm here a month later, and and the smell that used to be the most beautiful smell in the world no longer smells good. I, I, I love, I love, I love. Somebody say love. Come on, love it with me. Luke chapter 7, verse 38. It says, broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened a flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume. Ready? Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. As an act of worship. You know what she worshiped with? With her brokenness. She got to a place where it was the end of her and the end of her story. And she said, God, with the thing that hurts me the most, I'm going to worship you. With the thing that reminds me of my failure the most. With the thing that reminds me I'm not worthy of this love. That's what I'm going to place on your feet, Jesus. That's what I'm going to use to worship you. I'm not going to give you the best of my life. I'm going to give you the dirty. I'm going to give you the messed up. I'm going to give you the jacked up. I want to worship you with my brokenness, Jesus. I love, I love, I love, I love this moment. I want you to understand this. If you can write this note, this isn't too preachy, but it's going to help you out next week. This is what the end of me actually looks like in 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 a believer. I know that I'm broken, and only God can make me whole. That's what it is. Living at the end of yourself, getting to that point, is you saying these words. I know that I'm broken, and only God can make me whole. You know what's crazy? I got two minutes. Can I get three, please? Thank you. You know what's crazy? She wasn't in her house. She went to somebody else's house to worship Jesus. Isn't it crazy that she came in as a guest, but she worshipped like a daughter? She worshipped like this was her home? She came in as a nobody, and when she got to worshipping Jesus, she just became somebody to the only person that mattered in the room. Come on, it was Jesus. Come on, what happens when you come in as a first-time guest, but you feel like a daughter? Come on, when you come in, not knowing anybody in the room, but man, when you have a moment with Jesus, you feel like a son of the king. You feel like you have a position in royalty, not because of who you are, but because of who you began to worship. Come on, worship can change your life, and I hope you understand that. I hope you can learn that tonight, that who you worship actually changes everything about you, everything inside of you, everything around you, and everything you're walking to. Worship changes everything. It's, it's crazy because a lot of us, we wait for Jesus to come to our room so that we can start worshiping. We're saying, God, God, I need you to come into the room. And God's like back here, He's like, man, you just need to turn around, big fella. Yeah. Jesus, I, I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm on my knees, God. I am, I am crying out to you. And God is just like, man, you need to get to step, and I'm right here. This is your blessing, Th- this is your promise. If you were to just stop crying where you're at and you were to start walking to where I'm at, maybe you would get to where I've been calling you to be. Come on. The end of me is when I stop writing my own story, when I stop telling God how to be God, and I just start walking towards him. No matter who's in the room, no matter whose house it is, I'm going to worship my Jesus because I want to be like the prostitute. Uh Uh-oh. I don't care how you look at me. I don't care what the town thinks of me. Come on, you are never too broken to be made whole. Come on, Jesus can build anything that is broken. As a matter of fact, he broke everything, and he built it back up. Where did he do that in the Bible? You ever heard of Noah's Ark? Break, 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 break. Look what he created. Come on, God will break things just so he can build them the way that he wanted them to. The question is, will you let him build you? Come on, after she was crying. After she worshipped like a daughter, I live what Jesus says. I'm gonna close right now. Don't worry about it. Then, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. He says, "Don't you see that this woman kneel, who, Don't you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do." When I entered your home as a guest, you didn't even think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears. And then she dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with a kiss of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. My next point today, just because you're the host don't mean you're holy. Hey, ju- just because you separate God for you doesn't mean you separated yourself for God. Come on, we like to have prayer moments in our room thinking that makes us holy. Come on, you, you know you've been posting on that Instagram every time you pray a word. And if you're not posting, you're not praying. Come on, somebody. Come on, we need to, we need to expose ourselves before somebody else does. You know why? Because they will damage you when they expose you. But when God exposes you, it's to build you up. Oh, man. Come on, tonight is a night of freedom. Can I get an amen? I, I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. Before you receive this word right now, I've been receiving it all week. It's been hurting me. It's still hurting me. You're not being broken alone. Come on, I'm being broken as I'm preaching this thing. When me, when, when John preaches, when, when anybody comes up here, we're hurting just as much as you do. Oh, this hurts. <laughs> I know. I'm right there with you. You know what's crazy? Another crazy thing. <laughs> Simon was a religious leader. Do do you actually know what that means? It, It means that he had to memorize the entire Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, there's a verse that says this, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, a.k.a. Jesus. There was a prophecy in the Old Testament that talks about the coming of Jesus, and this religious leader had to literally memorize not just this verse, but hundreds of others that came with this verse leading to the prophecy of Jesus. And now that he has the living word inside of his room, he doesn't even recognize it. Do you know what it is to memorize a verse but never be able to experience it because you're too good for it? Come on, when you read the Bible, read the Bible humble. God, whatever you have for me in these scriptures, God, just speak to me. All I need is for you to speak to me. If I suck, I suck, God. Tell me I suck so I can grow. If I'm not doing good, let me know, God, because I want to be more like you. I want to be at your feet. I don't want anything to get in the way of me crying with you, Jesus. Come on, he knew Jesus but didn't get to know Jesus. Man, what would life look like if you came here getting all this word, all this word, all this word, but you never got to experience it? Come on, he's giving you a higher calling to reach the end of yourself. Can I give you a, one last truth for tonight? And I really hope it breaks you like it's been breaking me. It's been messing me up all week long. I've been thinking about myself differently. I've been living differently. I've been talking differently ever since I thought about this when I received it, when I heard it. I want to give you this truth, ready? And it's that everyone is broken. Everyone. Everyone's broken. Whether you're the religious leader or whether you're the prostitute in the neighborhood, both are broken. Guess what? One experienced the beauty of Jesus because one was willing to get to the end of herself. Hey, if you're a leader, you're broken. If you're a first-time guest, you're broken. Come on, if you're the the youth pastor of Point Siena, you're broken. No matter who you are in this world, the Bible says, for all have sinned, all are jacked up, all are messed up, all are insane in the membrane. I'm a rapper. Don't, come on. Don't at me. Come on, we're all broken. I I love, come on, somebody, uh, the bishop of the house, uh, Pastor Gabby, he wrote this book. I never read it, but I listened to a preaching he did about it. Um, It's called Kintsugi, right? I don't know if anybody's ever read it. And Kintsugi is is this art form um, where you would grab a a plate, a glass plate or whatever material it is, ceramic plate. It would crash on the floor and break. So you just throw it away, throw it out. But there was this one guy who he looked at a broken plate and he said, I might be able to do something with this. So he grabbed all the broken pieces of the plate, and he actually started pouring gold on every single crack in the plate. Once he let it dry, put it through the heating process, he would then take out the plate, and the plate was beautiful as new with gold stripes that looked like shooting stars all over it that you could see your reflection off the gold. It was a brand-new plate, and it went from $1 at Walmart to $1,000. Can I let you know God's got a project for your life? Come on, some things have broken you. Some things have messed you up. You've been shattered on the ground, but God is saying, I'm going to pour some of my spirit. I'm going to pour some of my anointing. Come on, from this moment on, I'm going to build you. I'm going to make you. But if I'm going to do this in your life, you got to get to a place where it's not about you anymore, where you reach the end of yourself and you begin my story for your life. Come on, today's the day where you let go of bad habits. Come on, I'm ready for it. I believe in the Jesus that said, get up and follow me, and they did. People said that you can't change overnight. I believe in an overnight change in my life. Come on, I may not be perfect overnight, but I'm changing and I'm progressing. I might take a couple steps. I might jump out the stage. I might move out somewhere. I believe in a God that calls me to something greater and expects me to die. Somebody say, the end of me. Come on, today starts the end of me. Today starts the end of me. Can I give you a resource? There's a book called The End of Me by Kyle Eidelman. Write that down. You're going to need to read that book. This whole sermon series, you're going to need to read that book. It's about humility, it's about God's identity for you, not your identity for yourself. Can I give you a statistic? 60% of people that have determined their own identity determine it by feeling. By feeling. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong, but I want to ask a question, man. Did God make a mistake when He made us? Man, He's so beautiful and perfect. I don't think God would place me into a world of confusion for myself. But when I when I when I make my own plans, it might get confusing. When I, decide, when I decide my own destiny, it might get confusing. Whenever I decide what's best for me, it might get confusing. But when I go to the creator of my life, when I go to the one who actually knows who I am more than I do, things start making a lot more sense. It might not get better, but it might be a lot more clear. From this moment on, come on, we're reaching the end of ourselves. Can I get an amen? It's over. God, I'm shattered. God, I'm broken. But would you fill me with you? Come on, would you fill me with your goal, Jesus? Come on, every person in the room, can you just stand on up? Come on, right when you stand up, can you just start praying to God? God, fill me up. God, fill me up with you. God, I'm broken. Again, only you can make me whole. God, from this moment on, I reach the end of me, and I declare I am messed up. I am jacked up, but you are making me whole. You are building me, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed. Nobody's looking around. I'm going to give you a moment just like I said I would. To reach out to Jesus, the creator and the perfecter of your faith. If you're in the room tonight, when I count to three, can you just lift up your hand if you want to say yes to following Jesus? Come on. If you're a first-time guest, if you've been here a million times, but today you want to reach the end of you and say yes to Jesus, a life that he's always had for you. Come on. Right now at the count of three, would you raise your hand? Ready? One. This is your night where everything changes. Two. Come on. Tonight is the night and this is the moment. Ready? One, two, three. Hands all over this room. Come on. I see one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Come on, there's hands going up all over this room. They're counting you. They know who you are. Come on, have a moment with God. Hallelujah.